G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. Coming up today on The Story. I had been invited to this house. I met the pastor. And, oh, how interesting is it when you don't know Jesus and you're not a Christian, you see somebody that has the love of God in their hearts and the life of God in their soul. And it seems so different that you try to figure it out. And that's what I did. The Story. story. G'day, I'm Jimmy Colfax. Welcome to The Story. Well, Melody was born in Brisbane, grew up in Taiwan, where her parents were involved in a New Age-like cult. This left her confused and feeling a bit neglected. Sadly, she was also bullied by her brothers. Today, we're going to hear her journey to freedom as she has a chat with Karen Hunt. I was born in Brisbane. I know I don't sound like it um, just because we left. We went to Taiwan when I was six. And uh, as a result, um, I don't have many memories of Australia. So when you say we, what did your family look like? Who was it that went? It was um, my parents and my siblings. So we have a large family. Um, I have five older brothers, one younger brother and um, an older sister. So it was seven out of the eight children and um, mum and dad. And what took you to Taiwan in the first place? Mum and dad were part of a religious organization. They joined up when they were young and they wanted to go to Taiwan to bring people into this religious organization. So basically missionaries, but not missionaries as you would think of it. For example, we didn't go to church. My dad also had a TESOL certification. He was planning to teach English and kind of go along that path. But definitely the hidden motive was religious reasons. So your dad was on an evangelistic mission. Was this a Christian organization as such? How would you describe it? Uh, it had elements in there, but um, it was more of a new age mix. So I wouldn't call it Christian. It was, to be honest, more like a cult. As a result, I myself was quite confused as a young child, just went with it. But then some tragedy experience when we went to um, Taiwan. And even before Taiwan, my older brothers bullied me quite severely. And uh, as a result, I would say I had child depression. My mum was very busy. I didn't want to put any more burden on her. So I spent a lot of time trying to deal with some of the bullying I was experiencing and suicidal from a young age. My mum and dad probably didn't realize the full extent of what was going on. Both of them felt very heavy pressure to conform to the rules of this organization and this this cult. From a young age, I felt quite undervalued, quite uh, worthless. Being a girl, I experienced the sort of bullying from brothers that um, was very damaging. And so that was why I tended to uh, focus on trying to deal with it myself. From a young age, I became quite uh, numb to the abuse and um, just sort of tried to deal with it. So yeah, it was a difficult situation. 
Mix that in with the cultural aspect as well of us being in a new country. We were stared at, pointed out on streets. This is a foreigner. So that added to a sense of not being valued, not fitting in anywhere. And also because of our religious organization, we didn't go to school and we became quite isolated. We definitely were taught about the teachings of the cult. It was a situation of every day we needed to have at least one hour of, you know, word time or time to learn about this. And as a result, that kind of um, put that culture in us and um, it, it was part of what we did. But with schooling, it was just um, distance education. When I was younger, my mum would help me with the books. But as I got older, more and more, I needed to finish the work myself because my younger brother has um, a mental disability and my mum needed to care for him more. And so as a result, became very much um, just independent study. Were there happy memories? What did you enjoy? What were you good at? Mm. Well, in China, as I grew into being a teenager, I wanted to pursue something and become good at something. I pursued um, dancing, and though that was that was enjoyable, certainly I, I liked being good at that. And then, because as a as a as a foreigner in China, as a white person, um, as I grew to learn the language and speak Chinese. Um, different friends of my um, colleagues that my dad had as a teacher would uh, give me like an opportunity, for example, to sing a Chinese song for a government show for the city government, something like that. And um, that was always enjoyable. So I love singing. I love dancing. Those were definitely um, just enjoyable times. I love being on stage. That was fun. So every once in a while we would have that, which was awesome. And then later, as I was older, my mum thought it would be a good idea for me to uh, learn singing, take lessons. And that was just excellent. I was so happy for that. It was a very dark time of my life, very difficult time. And being able to go to singing lessons, that helped to um, just sort of uh, manage that time better and um, to have that one time to look forward to during the week and to become good at something. Um, it, it helped me because some things, you know, my sense of self-worth was really low. So to be good at singing, that was good. And how old were you when you actually moved from Taiwan to China? To China. We only lived there one year. Mm, so I was seven by the time we went to China. And we lived there until I was 18. Yeah. So really, literally, yes, mm. you grew up in China. Mm. Your whole childhood and your teenage years were mm. very much over there in yes. Asia. Absolutely. Yes, absolutely. And coming back to Australia, I felt very much um, culture shock, a reverse culture shock. It was difficult. It was like I was uh, Asian in an Australian body. It was very difficult. But I, I do I do value that country very much. Many of my friends are Chinese. And even I connect with other Asian people. So definitely it's shaped my, um, my culture uh, very much so. You mentioned, though, that bullying was a key part of those years, very formative years. So for the first two decades of your life, to what extent did this impact who you are as a person today? As it kept on going, as anyone who's experienced um, severe bullying knows, I started to shut down um, 
but also live in a state of fear where I was always afraid of, you know, being targeted, um, having this stuff happen to me. And I wanted to look bad. I wanted to look, um, unappealing so I um, I began to harm myself in regards to my um, how my face looked and I wanted to um, to be a boy I wanted to be a boy I, I didn't like being a girl I thought that was definitely not a good thing not a helpful thing um, a, you know a, a, a dangerous thing it very much became a, a, a part of forming who I am as far as confidence. Even if um, something would happen where people would try to be uh, kind to me, the, the bullying became a thing of shame and a thing, a, a secret thing that I thought I had to deal with. At the same time, uh, as a girl with a lot of brothers growing into a woman. And we're talking, this is all within your family structure, yeah? Mm. Your family culture. Mm. Oh, yes, that's right. Yes, so the, the, the bullying was within the family from my brothers, from my older siblings. And um, I was told it was quite a normal thing. I also turned to an addiction at that time. I've, I've very much wanted to be assertive yeah like I wanted to be assertive and sort of stop it from happening but at the same time I felt that if I were to say something it wouldn't stop because I I had um, said something about it before but it, it, it didn't it didn't stop it from happening again so, honey, we're talking more than just verbal bullying, yeah? Yeah, uh, like a physical and sexual nature. Honey, to continue on in all of this, Melody, how did you get back to Australia? Well, let's mm. pick up the story from there, hey? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was finishing year 12, so I studied distance education uh, with a really good provider. But, of course, as anybody who's done distance ed knows, it was really difficult. <laughs> um, but I finished it. I finished year 12 just studying online and calling up tutors yeah, while working in China and it was difficult but after year 12 uh, I wanted to study at uni because I thought I have to get out of here and I have to make a life for myself and um, I really want to um, go to uni and, and to go to uni in China would be too difficult um, too much money you know international fees would just be too high so I decided oh yeah I'll apply for unis in Australia and study something I at the time, I didn't know what I was going to study. I didn't have a lot of hope for the future as far as what success I would ever have and what ability I had. All I knew is it's time to go. <laughs> it's time to get out of China. Um, nothing against the country, but just that situation. In the beginning, it was just me wanting to go back to do uni in Australia. It was actually my dad's idea, which was awesome. But my mum, when she heard that I wanted to go, she she said, look, we're coming with you because my younger brother has a mental disability and uh, we didn't have um, support in uh, China for care and, and that kind of thing. And uh, as a result, it was so difficult for my mom and, and even for me living there as well. But my mom said, let's go back so my brother can get care that he needs. You're listening to The Story. Today, Karen Hunt is chatting with Melody, who was born in Brisbane and grew up in Taiwan, where her parents were involved in a new age-like cult. We'll hear more of her story and how the Lord sets her free when we return. The Story. 
If this program has highlighted something you'd like prayer for, we'd love to pray for you. Call 1-800-PRAY-FOR-ME. That's 1-800-772-936. It's a free call. Or text 0401 132 Hi, I'm Jimmy Colfax, and this is The Story. We're continuing with Karen Hunt chatting with Melody, who was born in Brisbane and eventually moved to China, where her parents were involved in a new age-like cult. Before the break, we heard how she left China to go to university. Now, we'll find out what happened next in her life. I thought it would be good to go to uni, but it was more like, uh, what else can I do? Because at this stage, I still had depression and I wasn't... um, Anyone, as people know, you know, with depression, you it's hard to get truly optimistic about your prospects, about the future. But I did know, oh, look, that's the next step. That's, that's what I got to do. Coming back, though, as an 18-year-old, you'd done distance ed and homeschooling all of your life. You wanted to go to uni. So what did you apply for? Mm, at the time, uh, I applied for psychology uh, and also uh, primary education, uh, mainly those two just because I thought, oh, I might enjoy this, so I applied for them. But when I was accepted, I didn't feel a deep desire to go, uh, so I actually just left it at the time, and this was just a time where I was thinking, okay, you know what, what can I do with my life? I know that I do need to go to uni, but I'm not keen. Perhaps I just need to start looking around, start making friends, and uh, just try to assimilate into this country and, and into the city. What did you pursue, and what did you get involved with? I realized that in my local area, there were a lot of tra- Churches, And this was a strange thing for me. In China, where I lived, there weren't churches. If there were, they were underground. They weren't obvious. And these churches were very obvious. As in Christian churches? Yes, that's right. Absolutely. Ah, Christian churches. And I thought, oh, okay. So these are churches and they meet up on Sunday and uh, it's free. Uh, let's, Let's go and have a look. So I started to have a look at some churches in my local area. How did they compare to the religious organization that you talked about earlier? Any comparison? It was just different. I was uh, feeling a little bit uh, like I didn't belong there, naturally, uh, when you don't have that background. At the same time as this was happening, as I was checking out these churches and trying to meet trustworthy people, My family was going through a time of disillusionment or realizing the falsehood of this organization and this cult that we'd been in. Huge time for my family where we were um, realizing things and reading about it. Because in China, if we were to uh, read about it or look up on the internet for outside sources about our group, we would get found by the government because of censorship and we'd be forced to leave the country within three days. And so as a result, the isolation was compounded. And so when we finally came back to Australia after experiencing failure, tragedy, crisis, 
crisis. I had my personal, you know, abuse and stuff that I had experienced. But my family had also gone through a lot too. To answer your question, what I found in the local churches was very different. But because I was such a drifter, because I didn't want to say yes, I'm going to come back, um, it never really um, sunk in. I didn't want it to sink in. I didn't want to trust anybody. So for a while, I was in a limbo state until somebody invited me over to this pastor's house. Aha! Uh-huh. Um, because I had I had been invited to this house, I met the pastor, and. Oh, how interesting is it when you don't know Jesus and you're not a Christian, you see somebody that has the love of God in their hearts and the life of God in their soul. And it seems so different that you try to figure it out. And that's what I did. I met this pastor and I thought that he was a a higher level of human. I thought that he had really worked on his personality skills and that he had just achieved something great. And, And as a result, that's why he was so nice and so kind. And I thought, wow, he is so kind. I want to be like that. I thought I could just mimic his behavior, learn some tricks from him. But because he was so kind and... Um, It was a big house. There was lots of people. But he actually came and said, hello, nice to meet you. Uh, Sit down, talk with me. Where are you from? And actually talked to me to ask me about myself. I felt like, okay, somebody values me. It's worth checking out his church. (laughs) So as a result, um, the next possible Sunday, I went over to his church, which is actually at the moment my local church. Why did I go? Just because, again, I thought that this was a higher order of human and I thought that these, these are good people to be around. And you wanted to belong. Absolutely. I, I wanted somebody to value me even if I needed to change my behavior in order to do it. Because I was with Christian people, I changed my behavior. I tried to use the same words that they did, uh, copy the same ways that they had. And as a result, everybody thought, oh, you're, you're a Christian, you know, you're, you're fine. So you're fitting in with the culture perfectly. I was. I was. Absolutely. I didn't want to talk about my past. I didn't want to talk about my life before. If somebody asked me, oh, you know, uh, what did you do in China? I, I would explain, you know, the, the, the good things that happened, you know, and how my um, my parents were very sincere in, in telling people about God. And for them, when they heard God, they thought, yeah, you know, you're the same as us. You're the same. But of course, it's different. I just didn't want them to know that. I went along with this way of going to church all the while in brokenness, in depression, uh, in a state of being angry at God uh, if he existed. I, I sort of thought, oh yeah, he exists, but I was angry at him. I didn't trust him. I envied the fact that Christians would pray, Father, da-da-da, I envied that. I thought, how can you say that and feel so close to this God and feel like he's your father and feel warmth when you say that? How can you feel warmth? You know, how, what? And I I thought, oh, I'll always have to be a chameleon. I'll always have to just adapt and, and not show my true color. So what did you discover was the true difference? Mm, Well, about six months ago, I realized the difference when there were two people at church, a husband and wife, and uh, they came up to me and they said, oh, hi, Melody, we've seen you around. We'd love to invite you over to our house. 
And I felt so surprised by that and nervous by that. In the beginning, I didn't want to go along. But they said, oh, that's all right. If you don't want to, take our number. We'll meet up with you later. I found that with these people that cared for me, they genuinely cared about me. And I ended up calling them at a time of deep depression when I wanted to harm myself, when I wanted to uh, cut myself. And they said, we want to welcome you, just come over. And I came over and I would cry. I would be reliving bad memories and I would be crying. And they would always speak truth into my life about who God was, who Jesus was, and what this bad stuff was that I'd experienced um, was abuse from selfish people who had rejected God, but that God himself wanted to heal me and save me. I, I found that difficult, of course, because at the time I was so angry. I found that I didn't want to trust God, but when I saw the love of God in these people and the pure kindness that came from them, where I realized they don't want anything from me. They don't have a selfish interest. I started to think, why do these people care about me or love me? I'm not their daughter. I I can't teach them English. (laughs) They don't want to learn Chinese. I, I thought there's nothing that I can do for them. There was no hidden agenda? Yes, yes, no hidden agenda. And um, just the purity of that really made me think and really made me uh, question everything. And I started to realize I have never read the New Testament before. I have no idea who Jesus is. I was told about Jesus as a young person, that he was a certain way, uh, which actually was a very uh, strange image of Jesus, really wrong. And, And as a result, I had blocked him out of my life and I blocked God out of my life for the same reason I thought God was harsh and cruel. I thought that if God is a father, he's the worst father ever. And as a result, I blocked him out of my life. But everything started to change. But I went straight to the New Testament. I started reading. And as I read in in very easy language, because we weren't allowed to read um, the Bible in any other language but King James Version. As a result, I never read it. But I took the Bible and I started reading. And Everything started to come out at me of this is what God is like. This is the character of God. Justice, mercy, kindness, truth, um, that he is just, that he is good. And it started to invade my mind this thought that God is real and he's not who you thought he was. Now, Melody, I sense your heart. I sense your passion, the zeal for the things of God. Your heart right now is for the international students that you're with at university, for discipling these young people with all that you've learned through your own Christian foundation classes, your own assurance of salvation classes. What's it like for you now? You've experienced such a powerful move of God for 
you personally. What's it like as you reach out to these young foreign students here in southeast Queensland? Oh, it's amazing when you have experienced genuine freedom, genuine power of God in your life to save you. And then you see someone else and you think, I just want that for them. I know that God loves me and he just wants to show his love to other people. And I've really found that, like you were saying, at university and work and my daily life, when I see somebody who doesn't know Jesus, it's like, I would love you to know this. Here you are, a fairly new Christian, Mm. fairly newly baptized Mm. as well. What would you say to other Christians who are maybe feeling just a little bit reserved in uh, making a difference? First of all, that there is something large in the heart of God. There is something huge in God's heart. And that is God's heart for people. He wants people to know Him. And He wants to set people free. So always knowing that God loves people so much. He he wants to move through you. For any Christian who's thinking, oh, you know, I'm just not really good enough for this. Oh, God really wants to touch people and he will move through anybody. He'll move through somebody so broken as myself, uh, so uh, inadequate as myself, and he will do it. At the same time, um, go on the adventure. For me, it was an adventure. It was difficult, but it was so worth it to where, yes, there were those hard times. That's part of the journey. So he's counting on us to extend his kingdom, expand his kingdom. Oh, yes, absolutely. He moves through his people. God shows his kindness through people. I know the power of that because I've experienced it when two people intentionally stepped into my life. And it is like God was counting on them to bring the kingdom to me, to let me know that God is king and, and, and he is the one that I was born for. And actually all of this, all of this time I, I was created for him. And there is a kingdom eternity. Oh, come on. Yes, absolutely. Melody, thanks so much for your time. I love your heart, honey. God bless you. God bless your family. And I look forward to hearing more of what continues in your young life. You're only 21 years of age. He ain't finished with you yet, girl. Amen. Thank you so much. I receive that. And to all of you listening, I really bless you in every way. Thanks so much for listening. That was Karen Hunt chatting with Melody, who was born in Brisbane, grew up in Taiwan, and also lived for a time in China before returning to Australia. Unfortunately, as we heard, she experienced many hardships growing up in Asia in a family that was involved in a new age-like cult and with abusive brothers. However, the Lord entered her life and has set her free and has helped her to heal. Now, as we heard, she is a new creation and her enthusiasm and passion for sharing her faith is infectious. Karen says Melody continues to work with international students and is sharing the love of God with others. As the Bible says, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God. And whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love does not know God, because God is love. Well, thanks for joining us for Melody's Story. I'm Jimmy Colfax, encouraging you to share your story with someone today. Next time on The Story... For me, Australia is like heaven in a way comparison to India, you know. I slept on concrete floors 
just concrete floors, you know, and stuff. So God prepared me from the beginning, you know, for, I guess, missionary work, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can eat any kind of food. I can sleep in any conditions, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so praise God. And then I think praise God for this wonderful opportunity to serve him in this region, in this area, you know. Surendra Wesley was raised in an orphanage in India and now the Lord has led him to be a pastor in Outback Australia in the only church for 200 kilometres. We'll hear Surendra's international story next time. The story. Just another way vision is connecting faith to life. This program is a production of Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, see vision.org.au.